Good morning. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your word that you have blessed us with just with your speaking to us. But we pray, we thank you today, especially for the Psalms and for the poetry, for the way, the different way in which they touch us and speak to us. Uh, we ask now, Lord, that you would just open them up uh, to us as your servants, your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We um, need to go on and get started because um, ne- uh, we, this is a baptism Sunday. And I need to trot out of here just uh, a minute after 10 o'clock and go uh, get those folks prepared. <coughs> Excuse me, my goodness. Um, so, uh, so if you will... Um, if you brought your Bibles, we're going to talk about the Psalms today. It's really the Psalms in a nutshell is the, is the uh, title of this, this class. And uh, if you follow along in your E100 book, if, uh, incidentally, if you don't have an E100 book, Essential 100, I'd be happy. We have five left. I'd be happy to give, uh, give you one. Um, a suggested price on that is $10, but, but it's just, that's just a love offering. Um, the... Uh, this the psalm it gives us three different uh, psalms three different chapters are, are the psalms 23 51 and 103 and 51 is um, David's lament his confession um, after his sin with Bathsheba and so we actually when we talked with David uh, talked about David and Bathsheba we we included Psalm 51 there so today we have Psalm uh, 23. And Psalm 103, and you may know that there are 150 psalms, so we're just getting a snippet, just a, just a snippet. Um, I want to uh, start by asking, uh, really, what are the psalms? Songs of praise. Worship songs, yeah. The songbook, yeah, uh-huh, that's right. Those are all right. I mean, it's a different genre than we have in like the, um, uh, the Torah, the, um, the Gospels, the Epistles, it's, it's a, the Prophets. It's a completely different genre. It's a, and it's a totally unique collection uh, within Scripture. Uh, I heard somebody say it's, it's poetry. It is. They're entirely uh, poetic. Um, multiple authors, most, most of the works in Scripture have a single author. Um, each, I mean, there are lots of authors in Scripture, but each book has, has its own author. Um, but we have David, we have Solomon, we have um, somebody named Asaph. I don't think we know who that is other than, than an author. We have the sons of Korah. They're a um, top, top 40 liturgical dance team uh, back in the day. Um, and then we have a, uh, uh, many, many psalms that are anonymous. And, um, and there's just lots of different... Uh, is, there, even more categories, it kind of depends on who you talk to, what scholar you talk to, um, more categories of psalms than there even are authors. It's, um, we have psalms of lament, we have songs of kingship or um, messianic psalms, we have songs of worship, songs of ascent, which is the psalms that they would, uh, they would say going up the steps of the temple uh, when they were on their way to worship. Um, none of that really answers what the psalms are. Um, the, the Hebrew title of the Psalms is Telahim. Telahim, it means praises. So really, I mean, it definitely is the original Book of Common Prayer, uh, the original hymnal of, of, the, of God's people. 
And, and the Psalms are prayer. They are prayer. Which means they are uh, human words spoken to God. That's what prayer is, right? These are human words spoken to God. You think of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalmist is speaking uh, to God. Um, or, mm, I can't remember where, which psalm, uh, some of you probably know. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Um, so, uh, this is the psalmist speaking to God. These are human words spoken to God. But they could also be thought of as meditation, because sometimes the psalmist uh, speaks to other people, uh, or speaks to himself. Um, whatever they are, these, uh, the psalms are human words uh, spoken to God. They are prayer. Also, the psalms are Scripture. The psalms are Scripture, and therefore, if by very definition, if the psalms are Scripture, then they are God's words spoken to His people. The psalms are divine revelation. Uh, in a sense, uh, to humanity about human experience. This is God speaking to us, speaking to humanity about human experience. And more specifically, uh, divine revelation to fallen humanity about the breadth of the emotional experience of a walk with God through a fallen world. Divine revelation to fallen humanity about the breadth of emotional experience of a walk with God through a fallen world. So, in that sense, the Psalms are instruction. You know that the word instruction in Hebrew is Torah, right? The law. It's the instruction. They're not simply about the human experience. I would say they are empathetic, but they're not only empathetic. They are instructive about the approach of the faithful to their human experiences. In other words... Uh, they are instructive in the sense that they let us in and show us, here's how you yell at God. Uh, here's how you praise God. Uh, here, is, uh, here is how you keep praying when it feels like God is devastatingly silent. Uh, here is how you navigate your life with faith. And so we're not just uh, finding a friend in the Psalms, we're finding a pastor teacher. Remember from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, uh, God appoints what he calls, uh, Paul uses the, the phrase uh, pastor teacher. He kind of makes up a word, uh, puts those two words together. It, they, the Psalms pastor us and they teach us. Um, uh, the Psalms walk with us through life's triumphs and tragedies. You know, I, um, I taught a class uh, on... Uh, joy and lament in the Psalms uh, at a conference uh, back in October. And in order to prepare that, I um, uh, prepare for that class. I just read the Psalms in chunks. You know, you might go through the Gospels, you might go through uh, Genesis or something like that. But I've always just tacked on the Psalms to those readings. I read, you know, a couple of chapters in the Gospels, and I'll read a Psalm as sort of a supplement. But I just read it in chunks, and it was. Magnificent, Like it was just a really wonderful uh, devotional experience to read the Psalms in big chunks. Um, you might ask, as, as New Testament people, as, as New Covenant people, should we take such comfort in the Old Testament? Well, why not? Well, it doesn't talk about 
uh, Jesus, we find a much more relation to the. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not done. <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm just, uh, I'm giving devil's advocate here. But one, one might say that we would take comfort in the New Testament, particularly as Christians, because that's the part that is informed and tells us about how we live our life with Christ. Um, you know, because sometimes we don't want Philippians four, right? In all these things, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is noble and lovely, think on these things. You know, just we don't want to rush to, um, to solace or to good happiness. We want we need empathy, and the Psalms really provide that. We don't need command; uh, we need empathy. So, um, let me just say what uh, Clinton McCann. He uh, wrote a book called Theological Introduction to the Book of Psalms. This is what he said. And then, I'll be happy to take any comments uh, there in the back. Um, the Psalms proclaim God's reign and invite people to live under God's rule. So did Jesus. The Psalms offer instruction for what it means to trust God and to live under God's reign. So did Jesus, one of whose primary titles was teacher. In other words, both the instruction of the Psalms and the teaching of Jesus call the hearer to decide now to live under God's rule and to await the consummation of God's rule. So we're living under God's rule now. The Psalms teach us that. And we're awaiting God's coming in glory. The Psalms teach us that. And those were both the instruction uh, of Jesus. The word he uses for that uh, is eschatology. And we can get into that uh, when we talk about Revelation. Um, Martin Luther said this about the Psalms. The Psalter might well be entitled a little Bible, wherein everything contained in the entire Bible is beautifully and briefly comprehended and compacted into uh, an enchiridion. An enchiridion. You all know what an enchiridion is, right? It's a manual, like a little pan. It's like a cliff notes is what an enchiridion is. I had to look it up too. The... The entire Bible is beautifully and briefly comprehended and compacted into a Cliff Notes version. Uh, it seems to me that if the Holy Ghost had been pleased to take on Himself the trouble of putting together a short Bible or a book of His exemplars touching the whole of Christianity or all the saints in order that they who are unable to read the whole Bible may nevertheless find almost the whole sum comprehended in one little book, the Psalter is the very paragon of books. Martin Luther. All right, read the Psalms. So, still got a still got a hand up in the back? No. Oh, she. Well, I, God bless you. Waving to your wife. So, read the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. It is such a. I tell you what. Like sometimes, um, sometimes you just have a hard time praying. And actually, our liturgy really helps. Like you know, I. I think I've told this story before, is it really helped me to understand the liturgy when uh, I, I met a friend uh, who had uh, breast cancer and she, um, she said I, the, the Book of Common Prayer and the written out prayers helped me so much because I just don't have prayers right now. And, they, and that's how I pray. Well, the Psalms really can function in that way uh, as well. I can remember a time uh, early in my ordained career uh, where there was a, a friend of mine from that first church that I, where I was serving. And uh, he had a small business. He was in construction. And the business had been doing really well until he got sued. 
And, um, and you know, two sides to every story, but it sounded like a ridiculous thing. But it, it basically bankrupted him, took him out, lost his business. He ended up spending a night in jail. It was just a, it was, you know, and they were just the whole time going, we haven't done anything wrong. And, uh, and they almost, I don't remember if they lost their house. It was just a, it was a really, really long and awful season. Incredible season of formation uh, in their own faith. And I remember at that time going through the Psalms and thinking, uh, Peter needs to read this. Peter needs to read this the, over and over again. And so since then, many, many times when someone comes to me and they say, I just feel like Job. You know, I just feel like, I, what do I do? I'm just in this terrible um, state. My advice is to just read the Psalms. Just, just spend time in the Psalms because the Psalms know you. The Psalms know you. Yes, ma'am. So if you couldn't hear, ML said uh, she suggests reading the Psalms aloud, which is, which is certainly great. Yes, Darla. I, I second that. Uh-huh. Um, during a time of my life when I was going through a great deal of trouble and I felt afraid, mm-hmm. um, I read certain Psalms out loud to myself sometimes three or four times yes. in the same day. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, it, you know, the descriptions of God as... Um, uh, a strong fortress, a high tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the more I did that, it's like I, I got it down inside of me, and yeah. I knew that I knew that he was my protector when and, you, you, and my provider. When you read out loud, you're using not only just your sight, uh, but you're... you're you're, it's more physical. You're hearing it, more, so more senses. That's a, that's a good thing. So I, I would endorse that. I, I, in fact, I might try it. I haven't really really done that that much. Um, so that's really good. Well, let's. Um, we've got about. I've got about 15, 17 minutes left. Uh, let's look at Psalm 23. Uh, this is the favorite. This is the one that everybody knows. We read this at just about every funeral. Uh, this is the one that you probably have memorized uh, in the King James version. Um, the, uh, but it is, it is a, just, I mean, it would be considered a, a, a peak. I mean, it, if you can take any piece of scripture and put it above another, not in its, uh, uh, value to us, but, but just, I don't know, just in its belovedness, it's, it, it's a peak. It's one that we, uh, we hold up. Uh, let's, let's say it together. Uh, you, I'm going to read from the English standard version, which is pretty close to the, um, King James. You can say it. Uh, and whatever, but but just uh, we'll read it. Say it kind of slowly. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if uh, you find yourself here this morning going, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I don't know that. Um, I'm so, don't, don't worry one bit about it. Uh, I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, let me ask you this. Why, uh, why does this psalm 
have such appeal? What, what is it? Other than its familiarity, I mean, why is it so familiar? Why does it have such appeal to us? Paul, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. But we like it because it works. Yeah. It, it works. Okay. We're all sheep. We're all sheep. Yes, sir. It's, to me, Bodily's is all about us being cared for. It's, there's nothing in there that I had to do anything. And so, as a kind of selfish human being, and uh, like, you know, in some ways, you know, lazy, you know, we're all have a little bit of that in us. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. It's all what God is doing for us and how He's taking care of us. Which is another way of saying what Tom says we're all sheep. Last one. Yeah. I, I take it so much more or less little because sometimes in life you feel like you're in the shadows of death. Uh-huh. It's the end of the world, whatever's happening is happening. And that gives you hope mm-hmm. that no matter what, mm-hmm. it's there. You know, I've been teaching here for three years, and when I, that's the, that is the most response I've ever gotten on for one question. What is this so appealing? <laughs> 16 hands go up. Because we love this psalm so much. We, it is just in us. It's like when I go and visit someone who has Alzheimer's, I pray the Lord's Prayer, but often we'll also do the 23rd Psalm, and it just they know it, man. It's just deep, deep, deep down in there. Yeah, Jackie. I think it's the imagery in it. Um, yes. I'm a visual type of person. And just going through line by line, just the images that creep into your mind, you know, so calming. And it's been re- rewritten and rewritten as, as children's books and as songs and as, um, you know, as Thomas Kincaid and all those kind of artists. I mean, just, just, a, um, just a, a bevy of things. The Lord is my shepherd. I have... Um, I preached a sermon here uh, a year or two ago that, that just on that line, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. It's the Lord that's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It was, um, I filled, you know, I filled 17 minutes with just that one line. So, um, and, and as, you know, as, um, as Tom said, we're, that, what that means is we're the sheep, and that's not a compliment. All right? That's not a compliment. It's just an honest assessment that we, uh, we need uh, guidance. Um, I could go into lots and lots, so I won't because of, um, because of our time, but uh, we are acknowledging our desperate need for divine guidance. And I find, I take such comfort in the fact that this was written by King David. Like, you would think, I mean, nobody in 500 miles had the kind of authority and power that he had. Anybody he encountered had to do what he said by law, right? They would lose their head if they didn't. And it's David who says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I just think that is such a dear and wonderful thought that, that even at the highest level of his society, that he had the humility and the awareness to say that he was in need of God's guidance. I think it's also wonderful that God uh, aligns himself as a shepherd. Because these were the roughnecks, man. These, were out, these, were the, these weren't the high society folks at all. They, these, were out, um, these were just the regular, regular people. And we go through it. it the, it, with the Lord as our shepherd, and from there we see the kindness of God. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Uh, we see uh, that we are given purpose. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And then, actually, so He's talking about God there as my shepherd, but then He, then he turns his, his voice to God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So we, we see God's, God's strength, His presence with us. That's really the great theme of the, of the um, sermon this morning. 
we see is provision, and you might, I couldn't decide, provision or vindication. Um, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's hard to know which one's more important there, the table or the, uh, the fact that it's in the presence of the enemies. The provision, vindication, assurance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, uh, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, which is to say within the comfort and protection of His walls forever. That's the message of your baptism, which we're talking about today as well. Um, just a really wonderful, really lovely, really um, comforting, really familiar, it's just a warm blanket. It's just, um, uh, no one is reading this going, uh, you know, with fear and trembling and conviction. You know, this is, this is a, a comfortable uh, psalm. And, and one that I, I, I hope that we return to regularly. But I love saying it at funerals because it does just speak to us of all those things, the assurance, the kindness, uh, the blessing, the, the um, vindication. Uh, so um, David um, has really given us a great gift there. David, who was a shepherd and understood that, um, that tender care. I have a question. Yes. Are the Psalms in the center of the Bible, both in the New Testament, by accident or on purpose? That's, okay, so I, I don't really have an answer to that. She, um, Joyce asked, are the, are the Psalms in the center of the Bible by accident? You may know that Psalm 118 is the center of the Bible. Psalm, uh, uh, there are 1188 verses, uh, uh, chapters. And it is the center one, 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 eight, verse eight is the center version, uh, center verse of the Bible. It's just kind of bizarre. And it says it's better to trust the Lord than it is to trust in man. That's a, that's a pretty cool uh, little thing right there. I saw something that was like, actually, it's not 594 and 594, it's 595 and 593. And I'm just like, you know, come on. Um, <laughs> But actually, interestingly enough, um, the uh, interestingly enough, the um, the the Psalm one seventeen right before that is the shortest chapter in the whole Bible, and Psalm one nineteen right after it is the longest chapter uh, in the whole Bible. Interesting, interesting. All right, Psalm one hundred three. I'm just going to turn to that and read it. It is a, a very beautiful song of praise. It extols the good character. Uh, of God. And I, I won't have time to say too much about this. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's a, you know, we love, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Just shows you how comfortable I am with you after three years. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's where the, the, um, the uh, uh, what was his name, uh, Andre Crouch, who wrote that song, uh, he couldn't figure out how to put all these things into verse, so he said, he's done great things. He's, he's done great things. Uh, who, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. 
He made His way known to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. Uh, Just in case you hear someone saying, the God of the Old Testament seems so angry all the time. You might have heard somebody say that before. Uh, I would point them to passages like this. They didn't think it. They said the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. You might want to read it on their terms as the authors. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. There's grace right there. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. Thank you, Jesus. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. For He knows our frame, which is to say He he put us together Himself. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field. For the wind passes over and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. And His righteousness to children's children and to those who keep His covenant. Remember to do His commandments. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you His angels. See, there He's speaking not to the Lord or to us, but to someone else. Bless the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all His hosts, His ministers who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. (coughs) Wonderful. Uh, Just a a great psalm to pray when you're happy, uh, when you're worshiping. But also a great psalm to pray when you are down and you find it hard to remember these things about the Lord. These things can remind us the character of God and that what we're suffering is temporary. But in the midst of our suffering, we may also need to go to Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? See, the Psalms have this incredible honesty and breadth of emotion. When someone sits in my office and says, I know I'm not supposed to doubt God, (laughs) read the Psalms. I know I'm not supposed to be mad at God about this, but read the Psalms. There's that awful Psalm where it says, you know, God, if you would just take the children and dash their heads against the rocks. I mean, why is that in the Bible? It's because a human wrote it. You know, like it's because that's part of human experience. And I just love that it is um, the, the words of a f- frustrated father. Uh, or, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not a frustrated father. It's, a, um, it's, a, uh, it's, it's speaking about the enemies of Israel. But um, I, um, I just think it is amazing that God would use um, such honesty. He doesn't try to whitewash our emotions. The, the Psalms are emotional and they know us, and they teach us how, um, how to live life as faithful people in a broken world. And so I um, really commend the Psalms to you. I hope that you will um, bathe in them, spend some time, and particularly if you're going through a difficult time, 
But since you probably will go through a difficult time, good to go in and practice now. Go on, right? Good to go on and prepare yourself, fortify yourself for when that time comes. Don't put them above other scripture. Um, right now what I'm doing is I'm trying to read two passages, two Old Testament chapters, one New Testament chapter, and a psalm uh, every day. So I am, in a sense, tacking that on. Um, but I want to just stay... I, it was such a rich experience um, for me reading the psalms in chunks like that. I just want to always stay in the psalms. I've heard people say, always stay in the Gospels so you always see Jesus. I think it's great. You need to do what works for you. But, at least for a season, stay in the Psalms. It, it is God's gift to you. Uh, it is how God has always uh, taught His people uh, to pray and to follow Him. Amen? Amen. Alright, well, talk amongst yourselves. Tell each other what your favorite psalm is. Read each other some scripture. And, um, and then come to church where we have six baptisms. Amen.